the story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light, a story of peace and light. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and light. We the song to be sung to the nations, that shall lift their hearts to the Lord, a song that shall conquer evil, a shattering spear and sword, and shattering spear and sword, for the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and life. We've a message to give to the nations, that the Lord who reigneth above hath sent us His Son to save us, and show us that God is love. And show us that God is love. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and life. We've a Savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow has run, that all of the world's great peoples may come to the truth of God. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and Yeah. 
Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me. Because you died and rose again. Joy, honor, you. 
you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, today we're talking about something we all need to receive and we all need to give. We're talking about forgiveness. We just sang about forgiveness. We want to talk about it today. I had to seek forgiveness this past week from a group of people. They unintentionally did something that impacted me in a negative way and I ended up snapping at them. So I had to go and uh, um, ask them to apologize, uh, forgive me, tell them I was sorry. Um, had to go and make things right. Do you ever need forgiveness? Do you ever need forgiveness? Well, sure you do. We all need forgiveness. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we ought not to do. And we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord addressed this very thing in the Lord's Prayer, this perfect prayer, this model prayer. Uh, and we want to pray it together again today. And I know some of you are learning it maybe for the very first time, some of the young ones. Others are, are refreshing your memory on it. Uh, if you need the words, they'll be on the screen. But we've been praying it each time that we're looking at it and studying it. We want to do that again today. If you need the words, they're on the screen in front of you. Let's pray it together again, shall we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You'll notice there in Matthew chapter 6, we're looking at verse 12 in particular today, where it says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But I also want you to drop down and look at a couple of verses that come after the Lord's Prayer proper. And I want you to notice what it says in verses 14 and 15. So we looked at verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now look at verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Some very interesting verses, some slightly scary verses when you really look at what he's saying there. Exactly what is he saying? Well, first of all, when Jesus says debts and trespasses, what exactly is he talking about? Well, you know, Luke chapter 11 also has the Lord's Prayer. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 4, it kind of sheds some light on it. In Luke 11, 4, it says, Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So when he says there debts or trespasses, he's talking about sin. He's talking about forgiveness that we need to seek from him and the forgiveness that we need to extend to other people. Now, beloved, we need to understand exactly what he's talking about here. Forgiveness goes in many different directions, doesn't it? We need forgiveness from God. We just sang about that. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken. Alright? Then we need forgiveness at times from other people. We do things that are wrong. We do things that are unkind. We snap. We do things like that. And we have to go to that person or those people and seek their forgiveness. And then forgiveness goes in the other direction. Sometimes people do wrong to us. And we have to extend forgiveness to them. So we need forgiveness from God. We need forgiveness at times from other people that we have wronged. And likewise, we need to give forgiveness to those 
who have wronged us. So I want to hang our thoughts on those three uh, today. First of all, we, we understand that we need forgiveness from God. We need forgiveness from God. I can safely assume, I think, that those listening to me, the majority of you, have no problem with this point. You know that we need forgiveness from God. We've sinned, we've messed up, we've failed, and we need God's forgiveness. But then we read verses 14 and 15, and it kind of leaves us wondering, because it says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And it looks like we have to earn God's forgiveness. And if we mess up and we don't really forgive other people, then God is not going to forgive us. And so if that's the case, we just kind of live our lives hoping that we really have forgiven others and earned God's forgiveness. But I've got to give you some good news. That's not exactly what he's meaning when he says this. What does he mean? Because you might be thinking, well, I thought the Bible taught that we're forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We just sang about it. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you were condemned. And I thought the Bible taught that. And then you read this. And you say, well, exactly what does this mean? How does this fit? Well, beloved, we have to understand there are different types of forgiveness. And I want to share this with you today. And when I learned this years ago, it changed my life. And it changed my life forever. And what I'm about to teach you is very important for you to understand if you're a child of God. It's very important you understand what I'm about to teach you. This will help you. A lot of people, they, they keep asking Jesus into their heart. They, they struggle with assurance. And so they keep asking Jesus into their heart because they go through life and they mess up. And they say, well, maybe I really didn't mean it. And, and they kind of struggle through their Christian experience. So I want to teach you something very important today. I want you to really pay attention. And I want to talk to you about the different types of forgiveness. That is judicial forgiveness and parental forgiveness. Judicial forgiveness and parental forgiveness. They don't check out on me. You can think about it this way. We're going to talk about it. Think about it this way. God is judge and God is father. Now, God is judge says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are guilty. All are condemned. All are headed for hell. You're doomed. That's what the Bible teaches without Christ. But Jesus steps forward and says, I'll take their place. And he came, God in the flesh, lived a sinless, perfect life, voluntarily laid his life down upon the cross, shed his precious blood, was buried and rose again victorious, taking upon himself our sin, our debt, a debt we could not pay. He paid for our sins on the cross uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed his precious blood. And because he rose again, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he paid the penalty for your sin. He's taken your place. And so now, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, and you trust Jesus Christ alone, God, as judge, can now pronounce you innocent, or pardoned, if you will, or forgiven. Why? Because Jesus Christ took your place. Jesus Christ bore your sin upon himself. And all of your sin... All of your sin has been forgiven. And it will never be held against you again. Write down this reference. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so this judicial forgiveness, 
or the big term is justification. It's God proclaiming you forgiven because Jesus Christ took your place upon the cross. And I have to ask everybody here today, have you ever done that? Have you ever received the Lord Jesus? Has there ever been a time in your life where you realize you're a sinner, you're undone, and your sin separates you from a holy God? And you are condemned. And you are lost. And you're dead in your sin. And you're headed to a devil's hell. But then you realize that Jesus Christ loved you so much. He laid down His life for you and shed His blood for you and was buried and rose again that you might have eternal life. Friend, if you've never done that, today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ alone and have eternal life and full forgiveness. Now that's judicial forgiveness. Justification. God is judge. But then we come to Matthew chapter 6 and Jesus says, listen, if you don't forgive other people their sins, the Father won't forgive you. What's He talking about? Well, look at what it says carefully. Look at verse 14 again. For if you forgive men their trespasses, notice this, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Look at verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this is talking about parental forgiveness or God is Father. You know, when you got saved, you're fully forgiven. But practically speaking, you're not perfect yet. In Christ, you're perfect. But we're not perfect yet. And that's why I had to go and ask someone's forgiveness this past week. That's why probably... At some point, maybe even today, or at least since yesterday, you've messed up your child of God, you're on the way to heaven, you love the Lord, but you've sinned, you've messed up. We're not perfect yet. In other words, we still sin. And when we sin, we have to come to the Father and ask His forgiveness. Why? Because sin messes up our fellowship with the Father. We're still in the family, mind you. But now something's hindering the fellowship in the family. We're still a son or daughter of God, but we're not in harmony with the Father. If you have kids, you understand this. I trust. Nothing your child can ever do can remove them from your family. No matter how bad they get, they're still your son or daughter. Well, let me ask you, parents. Is there anything that your child can do that can hinder the fellowship in the family or put them out of harmony with you? Absolutely. When they do wrong, it messes up the family harmony. And so what happens is when the family harmony is messed up and your child does wrong, they have to do what? They have to come to you and seek your forgiveness. And there's a restoration of the harmony. There's a restoration of the fellowship. And so when he's talking about the fact that you can't forgive others, your father doesn't forgive you, he's talking about this whole idea that our hearts have to be right. In other words, how can we expect the father to forgive us if we're not willing to grant forgiveness to other people? Why? Because our hearts are not right if we're not forgiving other people. You understand this kind of like when your child, your child does something wrong. We can flip it too because parents do wrong too. And by the way, moms and dads, don't be afraid to apologize to your kids. When you do wrong. But if your child does something wrong and, and maybe you make them say, I'm sorry. Maybe they wronged somebody else. You ever done this? So tell them you're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know good and well they're not sorry. Tell them again, I'm sorry. 
and you work with them. Why? You're working with them to make sure that sorrow, that apology is genuine and sincere. And that's what the father's doing here. He's helping us. The Lord Jesus is helping us when he gives us these words to make sure that our hearts are right. That as we come as a son or daughter of God, we've done wrong. The family harmony has been messed up. We come seeking forgiveness. But there's something we're not forgiving somebody else. The father wants us to stop and deal with that and get our hearts right. Because otherwise we're kind of like that kid. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me, father? And it doesn't work that way. He wants our hearts right. So when we sin, we come to the Father. It talks about the Father here to get parental forgiveness, the restoration and fellowship and harmony in the family. Jot this reference down if you don't know it by memory. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Every Christian needs to know that verse. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let's summarize. God is judge. God is Father. Judicial forgiveness, parental forgiveness. Judicial forgiveness is the fact that we are lost, undone, helpless, headed to hell. But God is judge. When we place our faith in Christ, He says you're innocent. You're pardoned. Why? Because Christ has taken your place and He gives you, listen, eternal life. Eternal life. Not life for a week, not life for two weeks. Eternal life. By the way, that begins the moment that you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Eternal life. That's a once and for all decision. And your sin is forgiven. The penalty of sin is erased. And we're put in the family. And then there's parental forgiveness or family forgiveness. We are a son and daughter. We're still a son and daughter, but we mess up. We sin. We fail. And we have to come to the Father to restore harmony and fellowship with the Father. All right? Is everybody clear on that? Boy, I don't think so, but we'll move on. We need forgiveness from God. Secondly, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on this in a moment. We need forgiveness from others. Sometimes we've wronged someone and we need to seek forgiveness from God, but also from that person. Now, these verses don't deal directly with this, except in the matter of the family fellowship. But I want to mention it briefly before moving on. Never be too proud to ask for forgiveness. That takes... Some humbling of yourself. It takes some resolving that you're going to make it right, but don't just brush it off. Don't just justify it. Don't just rationalize it away. When you need to seek forgiveness from somebody, humble yourself and apologize. You say, well, they may not forgive me. It doesn't matter. You go and try to make things right. That's what you're accountable. That's what you're responsible for. And sometimes we not only have to seek forgiveness, we have to make restitution. If we've done wrong, we've, we've shorted them, stole, whatever it is, we make restitution to them. We try to make it right. So we need forgiveness from others. And then, I want to really camp on this a moment. Not only do we need forgiveness from God and forgiveness from others, are you ready for this one? We need to extend forgiveness to others. This brings us back to the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts. Praying to the Father. Forgive us our debts. Now, here's the second part. As we forgive our debtors. One writer said it this way. I liked it. God's people are a forgiven people and a forgiving people. They're a forgiven people and a forgiving people. It's important that we forgive other people. 
even if they don't ask for our forgiveness. I want to spend a little time here because there are several misconceptions when it comes to the whole idea of forgiving other people and extending forgiveness. And some people really struggle with this. June Hunt listed some of these in her book on counseling. I'll just kind of give them to you and I'll make some comments as I go because she, she did a good job summarizing them. First of all, when you extend forgiveness, realize that forgiveness is not excusing sin and saying what was wrong is right now. It's not that. When you forgive with someone, it's not saying, you know, well, that, that really wasn't wrong. No, it probably was wrong if you had to forgive them. It's not excusing sin. It's not saying what was wrong is now right. You acknowledge it's sin. You acknowledge the wrong that was done to you, but you grant forgiveness anyway. And some people get hung up on that, thinking, well, if I forgive them, I say it's okay. No, what they did is not okay, but you're choosing to forgive them anyway. Secondly, this is very important, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. It takes two people to reconcile. If you were having a fight and you came to me and said, Pastor, I'm fighting with my brother or sister and, I, and we need help and I come there and I try to bring you together to, in reconciliation. It takes both of you. It takes two to reconcile. Um, but it only takes one to forgive. The other may not forgive. Whatever. Sometimes reconciliation is not wise and it's not safe. For instance, maybe someone has been abused. Someone has been in a situation where they've been greatly wronged. Maybe... Um, harmed in some way, it'd be unwise and unsafe for them to reconcile and put themselves back under that. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. It's forgiveness. And we need to extend it. Third, and I'm going to go through these quickly, forgiveness is not letting the guilty off the hook. I like how she said it. It's moving them from your hook to God's hook. In other words, the Bible teaches what vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. And so our job is not to come up with the vengeance and the plan and, God, you really ought to do this to them and that to them. No, our job is to forgive and give it to the Lord. And say, Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to handle it, that's up to you. I'm going to choose to forgive. And so it's not letting the guilty off the hook. It's moving them from your hook to God's hook. Next. Forgiveness is not being a weak martyr. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of being Christ-like. For you to humble yourself and forgive someone. Finally, she mentioned, and I'll say this as well, forgiveness is not based on what is fair. It wasn't fair that Jesus died on the cross. He didn't do anything wrong. But because He chose to go to the cross, we can then be forgiven. I really want you to deal with this because this will impact you not only spiritually, it will impact you physically. Unforgiveness can harm you in tremendous ways. Marianne Williamson said it this way, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. You can make yourself physically sick, ill, depressed, and on and on. Bitterness can take root in your heart. You say, well, they never ask for forgiveness. That doesn't matter. Sometimes they can't ask. They may be dead. You may not know where they are. You have to choose in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power that God gives you to extend forgiveness if they never ask for it, never seek it, don't even care about it, you have to make up your mind that I'm going to forgive them. 
And forgiveness is not saying that what the person did to you was okay, but it's being obedient to God and leaving it in His capable hands. Now, sometimes the person you need to forgive is yourself. God chooses to forgive us and yet we won't forgive ourselves and we keep bringing it back up. Are we greater than God? Are we more wise than God? If God chooses to bear it and see if it's forgiveness, who are we to bring it back up? Now, I've got to caution you, though. Forgiveness doesn't remove consequences. There'll still be consequences. And we have to live with the consequences to deal with the consequences. But we don't have to live with guilt and condemnation. We can have forgiveness. Here's what I want to do today. I know we've got to go and get to our baptism. But I want to give you an opportunity today, right where you are, to deal with maybe some unforgiveness in your life. Maybe today you need to ask forgiveness from the Lord about something. Maybe you need to extend forgiveness. Maybe you need to move out sometime this afternoon. You actually need to reach out to someone and really try to get forgiveness and make reconciliation. But today I want to walk through this with you. And I want to work through forgiveness, extending forgiveness. It may have been something that happened in your life this past week. It may have been 10 years ago. It may have been 30 years ago. June Hunt in her counseling handbook gives a prayer to offer to forgive your offender. And I want to lead you through it today. Right where you are, if maybe somebody's come to your mind or something you haven't dealt with, I want to walk you through this prayer. And you say, well, I, I don't have anybody to forgive. I'm not dealing with anything. Then you pray for those that are struggling with it. But let me guide you through this. If you'll bow your head. You could pray this prayer to Him. Lord Jesus, thank You for caring about how much my heart has been hurt. You know the pain I felt because of... Now, here's where you're going to list out to the Lord the offenses. You do it right where you are. You can do it silently right where you are. You know the pain that I felt because of... What are the things that they've done wrong to you? Tell the Lord about it. Maybe it was neglect, wrongdoing, lying, abuse, whatever it is. Give it to the Lord. Right now, I release all that pain into your hands. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me and extending your forgiveness to me. Now, here it is. As an act of my will, I choose to forgive. Who is it? Tell the Lord who it is. I choose to forgive. Today, I move them off my emotional hook to your hook. Tell the Lord about it. I refuse all thoughts of revenge. I trust that in your time and in your way, You'll deal with my offender as you see fit.
And Lord, thank you for giving me your power to forgive so I can be set free today. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now my prayer today is that you found freedom and forgiveness. You can work through that kind of prayer with other issues, other people, and just one by one, free yourself and find the joy of giving forgiveness. Now, some of you today may need to come and seek forgiveness from the Lord. You need to be saved. I want to invite you to come. I'm going to be down front while we're singing this song. We'd love to help you. And maybe some would say, you know what, this afternoon... I need to call so-and-so. I need to go see so-and-so. I need to make things right with them. 439. Jace, you can slip out as we start singing. Get ready for baptism. Guys, we'll need the screen up, please. 439. The altar is open as we sing. Out of my bondage, sorrow, and night, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. 439, as we stand and sing, the altars come open. You come as God leads you. 439, Jesus, I come.